This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with Filipino nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. Urban, maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the misconceptions um, about the IELTS, because I think that's one of them, that um, that people really don't, you know, they don't need a, a teacher or they don't need um, somebody to help them and speaking to the wall, as Alex says, is the way to do it, which we know is not the way to do it. Can you talk a little bit about this, some of the, the misconceptions? <laughs> so first things first, I learned this when I attended the International Conference on English Language Assessment when I was sent to Shanghai, China from December 1 to 5, 2017, where I was the lone representative coming from the Philippines. And there I meet big. I, I met the big bosses of IELTS in Asia, and I learned during that time that 60 to 70% of those taking the examination don't enroll in any preparation course. Now, this is not to say that they will automatically fail in the examination. It's just that these people who think that, oh, English is something which is natural to me. I've been talking in English since birth. This is a very, this dangerous overconfidence is the reason why there are people who are shocked with the kinds of questions coming out in the examination. And because I'm a teacher in the Philippines, I'd like to share the Philippine statistics. So if nurses going to the United States need a grade of seven, the national average in speaking is 6.7. So that means to say more nurses do not get the required band score of seven as compared to those who ace it on their first attempt. Now, what about writing? Well, yes, speaking is challenging, but the national average for Filipinos in writing is just 6.1 to 6.2. But why is it that we consider this good news? Well, nurses going to the United States don't need to get a 6.5 or a 7 in writing, but they need a 7 in the speaking subjects. So imagine, even if the nurses get a 9 in listening, 9 in reading, 9 in writing, but a 6.5 in speaking, it means to say they need to repeat the examination. So like what I've said, I learned certain misconceptions when I met other representatives from the other Asian countries. Now, one of those, if I may share the first one, some people think that one testing center uses more difficult test papers or questions compared to the other testing center. And obviously, this is a fallacy. Why? Because British Council and IDP use exactly the same test paper. It's not as if British Council and IDP are the ones making the test papers. Imagine that they are the, the distributors of the examination. So we tell the students, we prepare you to pass the examination, but we don't prepare We don't prepare you for a specific testing center. So that's the first misconception I'd like to share. So some people are thinking it might be easier to pass the examination when they take the test in a specific country, but that is totally wrong. As Scott mentioned earlier, IELTS is standardized. It's the same standard followed globally. Now, certain people or candidates coming from Asia are thinking that white examiners might be a little more lenient or a little more generous in this speaking subject. The truth of the matter is it has nothing to do with the nationality of the examiner. We prepare candidates to pass the examination regardless of the interviewer. Now, there is this tendency for people to gravitate towards big words, and they're thinking that if they use big words, 
it might impress the examiner. It's just that we always emphasize to our reviewees, IELTS is not a test to impress the examiner. This is an examination for you to express yourself. So if you're able to use big words correctly, in the right context, they will help you pass the examination. But the moment you use them inappropriately, instead of helping you pass, it's it's more it's more likely that they are going to pull you down. Now, some people are thinking, okay, it's just better to just memorize specific answers to these questions. Well, memorizing templates will not necessarily help, necessarily help you because at the end of the day, examiners are smart. They know if you're just memorizing something and delivering something that's in your I head. Can hear. <laughs> they can hear that, right? <laughs> They'll be able to pick that up. Yeah, so thank you for that, Irvin. I think that gives a lot of very good information about some of the misconceptions about the the um, the IELTS. Eagle, what were any? Did you have some misconceptions before you 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 took the IELTS exam? Yeah, uh, of course. Um, actually, um, I really don't know how to to construct um, a good sentence um, in through my speaking uh, um, session, and I don't know how to to start um, or even. If I need to elaborate this one, or even I just uh, I, I need to uh, give my answer um, directly, so that's uh, I, I think that are uh, the 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 reasons that I that I, that I uh, learned uh, from the swoosh um, in order for me to improve uh, my speaking. Uh, um, Okay, and I think that's very common. Jennifer, you've done a lot of IELTS Hero interviews. Are there any other um, common misconceptions about the IELTS before people get started on it? Well, I think maybe some of them, they realize it's a tough exam. I think they know it's hard, but I don't think they, for the ones that have had to take it uh, repeatedly, I don't think they realized the first time just how hard it was. So. They thought they could get by with self-study and yeah. they did that for, you know, I don't know how long it could be many, yeah, many months and it could lead into possibly a couple of years and then they break down and they decide that maybe the self-study is not paying off and that's when they'll decide to enroll in, um, in a great review. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things I see is thinking they can do self-study and realizing after they get into it and get a little more serious. Um, I think they walk into the exam think maybe they can just crack open the book for a couple minutes on each topic and then they realize when they get there um, for the exam itself that it's really just not like that. Yeah, no, I think that's very common. And um, Scott, can you maybe yeah. share on the common errors that nurses make during the exam? Okay, so a few common errors that I have seen well, we'll talk specifically about nurses, but these are errors that I see generally that are made across the, a variety of um, student demographics, age demographics throughout the world that I've seen in my years actually teaching this exam and providing uh, courses for these uh, students as well. The first thing is, of course, relying on learning speaking and writing templates. If I can learn a speaking response, if I can memorize a two-minute answer to a variety of different speaking prompts, or I can learn an essay into talking about climate change. I can take it word by word, step by step, paragraph by paragraph. I can copy and paste that into the exam. Boom, I'm going to get my band nine in my writing or my speaking. That is not going to happen because first and foremost, that way you're not going to be applying 
your uh, answer specifically to the exact prompt. And IELTS are very, very good. As Irvin's, um, he um, he touched on earlier on when he was speaking, like um, the IELTS exam is international. It's standardized across every continent, every center. So everything is what's being done in one center in terms of changing the format, changing the, the prompts that you offer will be done elsewhere as well. So it's going to be changing. The prompts are going to change slightly. So you have to answer the the question at a different angle or a different peg. Secondly, IELTS examiners are trained to spot templates. They will know if their template has been uh, assigned in the answer spot, regardless of when you're speaking or writing. So don't rely on speaking or writing templates. One, you won't answer the question appropriately. And two, you will be caught out and automatically score much lower in your task completion for your writing and your overall band score for your speaking. Secondarily, not developing enough complex and topical vocabulary. It's really a bit of a balancing act when it comes to how to use vocabulary appropriately in the IELTS exam. Of course, you need to start from the very bottom, build up from the basics once you've actually mastered some of basic uh, voca uh, vocabulary and grammatical structures and build up from there. Then you can start applying something more complex and therefore make a difference between, for example, a band score five in your lexical resource, in your speaking and your writing, and then a band seven or a band eight. At the same time, as it's been touched on previously, don't make it over complicated. Don't try and make use words that are very verbose, out of context, or don't actually work. You need to get the basics first and build up appropriate, but especially in your speaking, it's really important you don't sound like a robot. You're trying to sound like the way a native speaker would speak. So if you're using big words here and there to sound impressive, you're going to sound very robotic and not very natural in your speaking. So develop from the bottom, but make sure you know what is inappropriate at the same time. As I mentioned, not perfecting the basics before adding complexity. Make sure, of course, you're getting your basic grammatical structures down, your basic vocabulary structures down, your basic um, scaffolding techniques to writing an appropriate IELTS band to, uh, sorry, IELTS writing task to essay and build up from there, ideally from feedback from your teacher and see how you can scaffold. Making responses too complicated. I've seen many candidates, especially in their speaking, they are going on and on and on well beyond two minutes. And that's even assuming that they've built up their fluency enough to actually get to a speaking part two to begin with. But make sure, of course, first and foremost, that you're keeping it appropriate to the task, appropriate to the band scoring criteria, and also that you are getting feedback from a teacher who can actually then give you some advice and pointers into making sure that you are scoring appropriately in your exam itself. Touching a bit on listening and reading, um, it's very, very important that you don't go into the reading exam, the listening exam, just thinking, okay, I'll just do this as naturally as I can. I'll just try it my best without any guidance whatsoever. Listening and reading is very methodical. It's very, very structured. So you need to learn the techniques that enable you to successfully complete the activities within the time frame, also incredibly accurately, but not just learn them, apply them, see how well you've done. What areas are you scoring in well in? Which task do you need more assistance in? Relearning and then reapplying over time intelligently by self-reflecting upon your skills, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Okay, So make sure you're learning the strategies and applying them with the appropriate feedback. The last thing I want to say, it's been touched on many times today, but this is the big one. Self-studying for your IELTS exam. 
it's going to cost you a lot of time. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to result in some hairs coming out of your head because you'll be frustrated with your progress. It's going to cause you some sleepless nights. It is not the way that most candidates should prepare for this exam because I relate to studying for the IELTS exam being a skills-based exam, not an exam in your intelligence, to driving a car. I didn't just jump in a car one day, I'm going to take my driving test and hope to pass. I had to learn the skills built up in that to get my passing score. You know what? The IELTS exam is the exact same concept. Learn from expert instructors or a comprehensive program and allow them to show you the tills, the skills, the techniques, the strategy, and most importantly, get the feedback to passing your exam the first time. Okay, I love that analogy, Scott. That is a great analogy about learning to drive a car because you, nobody just gets in a car and just drives. It's a skill. You have to learn it. You have to be taught how to drive. And then after a while, you drive and you you almost say to yourself, well, how did I get from A to B? So that's kind of what happens. And that's, exactly. I think, being, just so you know, um, I wasn't the perfect car driving student as well. So I wouldn't have been the perfect IELTS student. I didn't pass the second time, unfortunately. But you know what? It could have been six or seven times. So that's a win for me. <laughs> but, but you and Irvin and Alex are all the perfect IELTS skills training uh, uh, experts. And that's why you're here today sharing your expertise. And we're so grateful for that. Because I think that is really, to me, one of the biggest misconceptions about the IELTS is the self-study. One big takeaway from today's show, it's self-studying is very risky. You are risking your time, you are risking your, um, your, your money, and you are risking your, your ticket to America. So rather go with the experts who are there to, treat, to teach you in the same way as you, you would um, uh, learn how to drive a car. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. Eagle, um, what were the biggest errors, what are the biggest errors that you made on the, on, uh, on in taking the IELTS? What did you wish you had known? before you took it? Well, of course, I, I, I need to, uh, to know every uh, at, uh, how to attack each sub-test. Uh, sub so in order for me to, to answer uh, correctly, uh, specifically in the listening part, so I need to stay focused uh, in order for me to, to answer um, in, the, in, in each uh, um, topic. And of course, for the reading part, so I need to... Um, uh, see the question first before uh, going to uh, the passages. Then, of course, uh, through uh, through the writing part. So uh, I focus on the uh, the biggest part, which is the task two, uh, and then before uh, answering the task one. Then, uh, of course, uh, for the speaking test, um, I just uh, uh, stay focused or in in my, in my uh, examiner in order for me to to do grabs the question. Uh, uh, correctly and to answer uh, uh, right away and uh, to give my input and in, uh, insight about that uh, specific topic that that, that the examiner given to me. Okay, well, those are great tips and pointers and thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. So if you are interested in coming to the U.S., now is the time like Eagle. He has now um, 
taken the IELTS, he's passed the IELTS. Um, Eagle, how has your life changed since you passed the IELTS? I, 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 I actually uh, happy and uh, really glad that I overcome the IELTS exam and and that actually um, in the halfway of halfway of uh, achieving my American dream. Exactly. Yeah, you are achieving your American dream. We can't wait to see you in America, Alex. Maybe if you can take the specific question. Hello. Is there a specific topic that we need to study, or the questions basically depends on the examiner? Well. I think uh, as best as I suppose as best as answer I could provide. I think our academic director is probably more fitting to give this one. Basically, you cannot, Katrina. You cannot determine what you're going to be questioned on on the day of the exam. There's a variety of different topics that you will be assessed on on the day of the exam, and the examiner has a bit of a playbook which will be uh, reshuffled. Often, even the same day you're taking the exam. So, for example, you might even know someone who's done the speaking test 10 minutes before you, okay? Just in case you think, right, they had speaking topics on this topic. I'll be lucky and get that. Guess what? The examiners looked at the playbook, completely different set of questions. So, you cannot predict what you're going to be assessed on on the day in any of the listening, the reading, the writing, or the speaking topics. So, the unfortunate news is, is that if you want to ensure to get that and score seven or above. You have to learn comprehensively all parts of the exam, all topics, all sections, all subsections, all activities, and apply them really well. As I said, there's no shortcut, there's no hack, there's no uh, template to every section of the exam. If there was, well, you know what? All of us would be out of a business. But you know what? It's just unfortunately not going to happen. So the, the thing what you have to do, Katrina, is put yourself uh, trust in a program which will provide you with the tips, the strategy, the methods, uh, topical awareness, and the application of all the skills that you need to ensure that you are ready to take that exam and pass on the first day. Thank you, Scott. I'm studying for the IELTS exam. What do I need to review first uh, for it? Is it the writing, listening, or speaking, which is, I think, the most difficult to the whole panel? What would you suggest? For Peter. I think it depends uh, for Peter. It uh, depends entirely on what his what uh, which areas are, are weak for him. Because, uh, I mean, of course, speaking is is the most difficult one because that's the one that you need to get a band score seven in. But it, it very very much depends on the person. And you, for example, you could have uh, like Eagle, for example, you could have taken the exam many years ago and you maybe you you passed in listening, reading, and writing. And you think to yourself, okay, I only need to focus on speaking, but then there's been candidates uh, that I've seen in Facebook groups in the past who've then decided I'm just going to focus on speaking and I'm not going to focus on the other ones because I, I passed those. And then they end up failing in the ones that they originally uh, passed in. So I think it's really important to to do a diagnostic at the beginning with a, with a provider like uh, Swoosh or Niner and then you can find out exactly what your weaknesses are because you might think your weaknesses are one thing and then when you do a like an exam readiness test like we do at Swoosh, it's like kind of like a predictor test, you actually find out that you're you're weak in other areas. So I think it's it's first and foremost you need to understand it's like going to it's like going to a doctor, okay, or going to a nurse. You in this case, we are the doctors, we are the nurses, you are the patient. So we have to diagnose what the symptoms are, what your problems are, and then we can then really put together a strategy for you to find out, okay, 
this is this is the journey. You're here now. You're anxious. You're overwhelmed. You're scared, or you, you know you're feeling depressed about the situation, like like Eagle was. And then you went along this journey with Swoosh, like Eagle did. And then he was able to pass first time with us. So I think it's important to see it like that. I don't know if Scott, you want to uh, build on that. Um, I'll give my uh, opinions in a second. I'll let Irvin give his response first. Well, number one, we need to establish your baseline. We have to know your current level because we cannot move forward without knowing where you are at right now. Two important tips. As mentioned by Swoosh English earlier, self-studying is dangerous because no one can tell you if you are ready. A lot of people depend on YouTube, but YouTube videos cannot tell you what's wrong with your speaking performance or what you have to improve on in your output. That's why, first things first, you have to feed your mind. Why? You cannot give what you do not have. The more that you feed your brain, the more substantive your answers are in both writing and speaking. At the same time, confidence is everything. Why? If you don't believe in yourself, then how can you convince your examiner that you deserve that seven in speaking? So before I end my uh, contribution for tonight's uh, talk show, I just want everyone to know that you have to believe that you can be better than who you are now. If you choose to live your life as a victim of your past choices or of others' judgments, then you do not believe that you have the power to change it. Unlearn this lie, starve your fears, and keep on trying because you'll never know. One beautiful day, you'll make it in the examination and you're just one step closer to the United States of America. Thank you, Evan. One beautiful day. That's what we want for everybody. Scott, any final words on the aisles? Well, I just want to uh, back up and uh, elaborate on really what Alex and Irvin said, and that is that first and foremost, the IELTS exam is a difficult exam because you do need to be able to provide English at a high level, upper intermediate to advance. But at the same time, it's not a poss- an impossible exam, and that's the attitude I do see from a lot of candidates. They believe the IELTS exam is not for me. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the skills. Well, you know what? Everyone has the intelligence to pass this exam. You might not have the skills as of this point, but skills can be learned and skills can be applied. And in order to develop those skills, you first of all have to benchmark where you currently are. Where am I in my IELTS success story? And to do that, you need to start off by benchmarking yourself. Okay, if I were doing the IELTS exam today, what would I score? Right, I've scored this in reading, listening, writing, and speaking. What areas am I strong in? What areas am I weak in? How can I improve my areas of weakness? And how long will it take me to get there with the right tips, strategies, methods, feedback, and support? And that's what we do very well here. We want to make sure you can develop those skills and you will develop those skills with the appropriate tools, the appropriate support, the appropriate feedback. Because the more that you see your progress from an area, uh, an area initially at to an area you want to be, what happens to you? You're not frustrated, you're not angry, you're not in disbelief. You'll be in disbelief because you realize, I can do this, I'm making progress towards that. That creates a confident and motivated you and a confident and motivated you is the place you want to be in order to get your IELTS result. So, big takeaway today is really consider exactly how you're going to prepare for this exam. Do you want to pass the first time ideally, or not the first time, the next time you take the exam, and do you want to actually enjoy the process 
and you know, not pull out your hair at the end of every day if you think it's not for you. So trust in yourself, trust in the experts, make the appropriate investment towards doing so. It will pay you off many times. And I'd love to see you guys there. Much, much happier people. Thank you, Scott. And I like the word that you use there, investment, because it really is your investment in yourself. It's not something that you can just know. It's not an indicator of your intelligence. Um, mm -hmm. It's really an investment to learning the skills from the experts. Eagle, what do you want to say to those nurses who are now sitting outside the country who failed the exam? I know you failed your first time. What do you want to say to your fellow nurses about the final words, the, the final takeaway for this? So, uh, okay. Uh, I just... Uh... I just want you to know, guys, that uh, never give up um, in your dreams. And it is it is uh, impossible if you have uh, faith, belief, and trust. And if you did well, uh, surrender surrender everything to God. And in His will, you will make it. And then whatever the man can conceive and believe it, it can achieve, of course. And success is not measured by how many times you win or you take the IELTS examination, but uh, how many times you get up. Uh, when you fall down. So again, um, the obstacle, it is actually a part of our um, uh, obstacle in order for us to reach our American dream. American dream is the goal. Thank you, Eagle, and thank you for sharing your story because I know so many nurses will relate to you. Um, so we want to thank everybody for the, their time and for their expertise and for sharing everything that we need to know about the IELTS. Um, we're going to finish off now. Um, uh, Jennifer is going to just tell you about some of the resources that we have on the IELTS side for um, Kinetics USA nurses. Um, and she's just going to run through those and just share with you some of the, um, the uh, resources that we have available. Um, so yeah, my role here is to help guide you through the process of passing your IELTS exam the first time. I will help uh, assist getting you through the readiness exam test first, and that's been mentioned many a times um, already earlier. This is to assess where um, you're starting out first, so I'll get you situated and help you out with that. After that, you will enroll with the link and the information provided by me as well. So you will always have close contact with me. Um, we will always communicate via email or WhatsApp. WhatsApp always seems to be the easiest. I will then welcome you to our social media groups like Facebook we have and WhatsApp, like I just mentioned. WhatsApp always seems to be very active and it's the group that we use all the time. It's where we post all the information and uh, live speaking um, sessions and any anything, questions other nurses have, um, anything of the sort is always going to be in WhatsApp. Um, like I said, you'll be hearing from me all of the time. I help you work through your modules. There's eight of them. And um, it keeps you busy. So that's what you'll be doing. Um, and when you have questions, you come to me, you send me a message. Um, I get a lot of questions all the time. So to help you through that, I'm always there for you. And in my spare time, um, I try to set you up with a speaking buddy. Um, I try my best to try to do that. It can get a little overwhelming. So be patient with me, but I'm always there to help assist you with finding a uh, speaking partner. And should you ever have any questions for me, like I mentioned, I'm always um, available. And I think that's part of the process of getting everyone to pass. We've had a lot of passers in the last, um, you know, probably spring. 
And I think it's a group effort. I think it's a team effort. Everybody, obviously, Swoosh English and their review makes it one great. And then always having someone there um, readily available to help answer questions. I think a lot of nurses really like that. So I'm always there trying to help assist and push and encourage and let you know that you are the next person, the next nurse to achieve your American dream. So we do offer the WhatsApp and the Facebook group, uh, which is always nice. And I always keep very close tabs on everyone in the group and on yourself too. Um, I keep your file up to date when it comes to the IELTS portion. And anything you need, to do, maybe do again, if something is missing, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I speak to all the nurses all of the time. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer is great. She is um, a, a resource that we um, have at Kinetics USA to help nurses guide them, um, whether they're using working with our partner Swoosh or Niners. And um, we did a lot of intensive research looking for um, uh, um, you know, the right partners to help our nurses to gain the skills that are needed in order to pass the, uh, the IELTS exam. It's required if you are not trained in English. It's not something that you can get around. It's not, there's no magic wand. But I think the biggest uh, takeaway really is that um, you, you, it's very difficult to do this on your own. Um, there is help at hand, and we are all here to help you, to guide you, to get you through the aisle so that you can be like Eagle, who no longer has to worry about the aisles and can look forward to living your American dream. So I think we're going to finish off now um, by wish thanking everybody for joining us. Thank you to the experts. Uh, for sharing um, your expertise, your guidance. Thank you to Eagle for sharing your inspiring journey. We can't wait for you to come to the US. And thank you to Jennifer. Everybody loves Jennifer because she's just the most helpful person on the planet and is there to help you. And that is what we do at Kinetic. We are here to help you. We want you to be successful. We want you to have that beautiful day. We want you to invest in yourselves so that you can live your American dream. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Thank you, Tanya. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and hit the follow button on your podcast player and leave us a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work here in the USA. We offer direct hire, meaning you will be sponsored and hired directly by American healthcare facilities. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more incredible conversations.